What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the College Underdogs Podcast. I am your host, Trey Smith, and we're going to get into the first CFP rankings release as well as a little bit of a basketball preview. We've got college basketball getting ready to officially tip off next Monday, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on the American Athletic Conference. Is it a two-bid league? Three-bid league? One-bid league? How many bids come out of the AAC this year? Let's compare it to some previous year's history, and let's look at which teams are most likely to get in, not named Memphis FAU. But let's talk about the CFP first. And before we get into it, if you're watching on YouTube, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, comment at the end, share it with a friend. If you're listening to one, on one of the streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anything like that, please leave a five-star rating leave a positive review, and I would greatly appreciate it. We are inching closer to 4,000 subscribers here on YouTube. Um, I mean, we're less than, I think we're at like 70 or 67, something like that, which is great. A couple weeks ago, we still needed 200. Um, so we're, we're making progress. So if you are watching right now and you are not subscribed here on YouTube, please like and subscribe. And if you're listening right now, and you don't normally watch on YouTube, that's okay. Click your YouTube app on your phone and just go college game time and subscribe. And that is where the College Underdogs podcast will be loaded um, every week. So let's get to it. What did we learn from the CFP rankings? Well, it's the first set. You know, there's not really a whole lot you can learn, but I feel like on the G5 side of things, we learned a few things as it pertains to who the college football playoff still views as the premier G5 league, in my opinion. Um, I think with the CFP committee too, early on, they always seem since whatever year it was when it got to the end of the season and it kind of looked like they contradicted themselves by leaving a certain team out over another team. I think it was like, did a, did a one loss non-conference champion get in over a one loss conference champion or something? Something happened early on in the CFP days where it made the committee look like a complete contradiction. And I feel like since then, they always kind of try to leave themselves an out so that down the line, it doesn't look like they're contradicting themselves. What do I mean by that? Well, you got Ohio State at number one. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's the biggest joke of the year is Ohio State right now being ranked number one. Well, why would Ohio State be ranked number one? Well, I think most people would agree that even though Michigan's got all this sign-stealing stuff going on right now, they're still playing in their season and they're still dominating. I think most people project that Michigan's going to beat Ohio State for the third year in a row, but you've got to leave you got to leave some margin there to be able to keep a one-loss Ohio State team in. Okay, so if we make them number 1 and they continue to win out and we keep them at number 1 and they lose to Michigan, now we have that option in the event some of these other dominoes fall a certain way. Now, obviously if you end up with four undefeated conference champions, they're going to be in, but that's just my opinion on it. Um, and I think the CFP is a little more careful in, 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 in doing that. And I also think, like I mentioned earlier this week, when I was talking about basketball, 
prior year's success, whether you think it should or shouldn't, does like it, it does play a role. It does it does factor in. And I think on the group of five side of things, um, I was pleased to see that they had a one loss two lane ranked ahead of uh, undefeated of an undefeated Air Force team. I think that's well deserved for Tulane. I think as I've been saying since week three, I've been saying the CFP would take the committee would take into consideration the fact that Tulane played Ole Miss with their backup quarterback and controlled 75% of that game. Been saying that. Um, and obviously they did. You could also maybe make an argument that Tulane's prior year success, as far as their season last year, is factoring in. I, I don't think that like has like. I don't think you 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 can say oh well they just got in over they're they're ranked ahead of Air Force because they won the Cotton Bowl a season ago. I don't think that's fair to say. Now could that have been could that be influential in this process? Maybe I think that's the case for all these teams personally. I think as objective and formula-based as you try to make this stuff, there's still an element of subjectivity and money that comes into play when establishing these rankings. So, uh, you know, if you're a Tulane fan, just think, if this was next year, that's a playoff spot, not just a New Year's Six bid. So it kind of got me thinking, all right, it looks like the American Conference is still weighted, is still... uh, more more has has a more weighted value as a G5 conference than the other four. I mean, if you put a one-loss team over an undefeated team, that means you think a lot higher of that that in my opinion that conference play as well. Um because that's all the wins Tulane, most of their win, you know, their their big Power 5 matchup or whatever you know, they lost. Now, the good news is that team is, I think, a top 10 team right now in Ole Miss. And so Ole Miss needs to keep winning. The more Ole Miss keeps winning, I don't know if they're going to beat Georgia, but if they continue to win, it continues to enhance that Tulane game, especially playing with their backup quarterback. But it also got me thinking, okay, the door is really open now for the AAC to get yet another New Year's Six bid, even in what's considered a down year overall for the conference. And so I kind of got into some discussions last night over on Twitter that I want to bring to this episode of the podcast because I think we've got three teams in the American that could legitimately, with little help, get that bid. And I think you could even make an argument for a fourth team that would just need some additional help. So what do I mean? Well, obviously the first team is Tulane. And by the way, in response to yesterday, um, so the Peach Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, and the Cotton Bowl all have at-large bids attached to them this year. And I think the Fiesta Bowl and the Cotton Bowl have two at-large bids attached to them this year. Cotton Bowl has been the, the landing spot for the G5 team for, like I said yesterday, for three of the last five years, including a playoff year or whatever. But it looks like the a uh, couple of you mentioned this in the comments, and then I went and read. It was in, um, uh, who was it that I was reading? I don't remember which article it was. But the article point blank said that the G5 
team would play in the Fiesta Bowl this year. So a couple of you commented that. I saw it in an article. So we'll just roll with that. So whatever, whoever gets the bid, it's going to be in the Fiesta Bowl, which should be pretty fun. Um, but yeah, we've got Tulane. So at this point, Tulane is now in control of their own destiny. The way I've been talking, utilizing the AP poll and things of like and, and things and, and just looking at the fact that Air Force is undefeated, I've been thinking Air Force was in control of their destiny. Tulane needed Air Force to lose, and they were next in line. That is no longer the case. Tulane wins out, they are in. Period. I don't see anything that changes that. Next, we have SMU now. SMU and Memphis are pretty much in the same boat now. In order for SMU or Memphis to get that New Year's Six bid, here, there's two things I think need to happen. I think the first thing that needs to happen is Tulane needs to win out to the, to the uh, AAC Championship. So that, that way, whether it's SMU or Memphis, they're playing an 11-1 Tulane team. And then Air Force needs to lose. What I gathered from these rankings is that a two-loss AAC champion will get that bid over a one-loss Mountain West champion. As long as that two-loss AAC champion that championship win comes against a uh, 11-1 Tulane team. That's the caveat. That's why I say Tulane has to win out. Because if Memphis or SMU win out, and then let's just say UTSA pulls off an upset against Tulane at the end of the season, and now they're the team that's in the AAC championship game, and SMU or Memphis beats UTSA, I don't think a two-loss, I don't think a two-loss conference champion that beat a three loss team in the conference championship would get that bid over a one loss mountain mountain west conference champion however i do believe that a two loss aac conference champion that got their conference championship win over an 11 and one ranked Tulane team would get it over a one loss mountain west conference champion so basically smu and memphis you want Tulane to win out and you need air force to lose Tulane, you just need to win. Win and you're in. And then I'm looking at UTSA. Can the birds sneak their way in with three losses? It's not likely, but it's not impossible. Here's what I've put together. Here's the, here's the only scenario where I could see UTSA possibly getting the New Year's Six bid. Okay, first off, they have to win out. Then they need SMU or Memphis to win out. Obviously, that that SMU-Memphis game just got a whole lot bigger. So they need a 10-2 Memphis or SMU in the conference champion. And they need a two-loss Air Force team to win the Mountain West Conference Championship. And then finally, Liberty needs to lose. I think if those dominoes fall that way, Liberty loses so that they're no longer undefeated. A two-loss Air Force team wins the conference championship, which at this point, I'd have to look if that's even possible. Like if Air Force loses two games between now and the end of the season, would they even be in the Mountain West Conference Championship? Or would it all of a sudden go to 
Wyoming. Well, no, I guess it wouldn't be Wyoming because Air Force would have the head-to-head. But that might pit UNLV versus that might pit UNLV versus um, who is it? Oh, Fresno State. Yeah, golly, what brain? Now maybe a, a two-loss UNLV team. Here's I guess where I'm getting at. I don't think a three-loss UTSA conference champion gets in over a two-loss Fresno State conference champion. And look, Fresno State's only lost one game to this point. I'm saying so even if Fresno State loses another game prior to the conference championship, I still think a two-loss Fresno would get in over a three-loss UTSA mainly because Fresno has two Power 5 victories. Not saying they're these big-time Power 5 victories, but they are two Power 5 victories. Um, Now, maybe UNLV, if UNLV... Because what what is it? If Air Force loses two... Ah, Boise's still in the hunt. Yeah. Maybe they just need Boise State to win the Mountain West. (laughs) A four-loss Boise State because they are not out of it. So, so UTSA needs something like that to happen. They, they, need, they need this four-loss Boise State. That will probably be the, the, the most likely way for them to get in. Because if, if Boise, let's see. Boise still has, they would need to beat Fresno State and they would need to beat Air Force at the end of the season. So if they beat Fresno State and Air Force, I think they would be in the conference championship game. So really, if you're UTSA, now that I'm looking at this, you either need a two-loss Air Force conference champion or you need Boise to run the table and get in and win the conference. And I think a three-loss UTSA at that point could get that New Year's six bid if Liberty loses at some point along the way as well. So there you go. Um, And maybe that's the path for Liberty to get into the New Year's Six is for a three-loss UTSA to win the American and for a four-loss Boise to win the Mountain West, which both are still possibilities. I'm not saying those are likely. I still think Tulane is the best G5 team, and I've been saying this for weeks now. And you can go check. I mean, it's all right here on the channel. You can go check. Some of y'all... Some of y'all got selective hearing that watch this channel and listen, and you, you just want to chime in on the stuff that fits your own personal narrative about my show. Not going to rabbit trail into that, but bottom line is, is I think Tulane is, is the best G5 team. I think they were ranked appropriately, and I believe they have the, the best chance to win out. I do think it's going to be a tough competitive game against UTSA, um, but they've got the, the, the cleanest path to getting that Fiesta Bowl bid. All right, let's let's move on here for the next few minutes. I just want to talk about basketball briefly. Um, it's getting ready to officially tip off on Monday, as I said at the top of the show. Um, I personally, I, I was pleased. I'm pleased with the basketball additions for the AAC. I know there's still some split amongst the different fans um, of, of AAC teams as it pertains to, to just the newcomers altogether, but I, I don't have a problem with them. Really the AAC for the most part has been a two bid league, right? Whether it was Houston and Memphis, whether it was Cincinnati and um, Houston, 
or I mean, I think in 2019, maybe it was, it was a four bid league. You had Cincy. This was still back. I think when Mick Cronin was there, you had Cincy, you had Temple, I think, which it's important for Temple to, to be good at basketball. I think it helps the conference tremendously. Who else was it? Houston? I think it was Houston, Cincy, Temple, maybe UCF. But four bid league in 2019, they had, I think, three in there and then a couple of one. But I think if you looked at the overall average, it, it averages about two bids per year. Now, with the current slate of teams they have now, um, most have them ranked have them predicted this year to be a two-bid league again, right? Memphis and FAU. So my question is this. If the over-under for the amount of bids that come out of the AAC this year was set at two and a half, what would you choose? Over-under. And then what if it was at three? Is it possible for the AAC to get more than two teams in? Could they get a third team in? Could they get a fourth team in? Well, that's what I want to look at briefly here is which teams not named Memphis or FAU could get in to the NCAA tournament this year. Well, obviously, if you have a team that wins the conference tournament at the end of the season as the automatic bid, I think there are multiple teams that could do that. Um, I think Tulane, I think UAB, I think UNT, I think possibly ECU, right? It just kind of depends who's peaking at that point in the season, who's playing their best basketball, and could they come in and upset a Memphis or upset an FAU? Do I think that's going to happen? No. I, I think I think FAU and Memphis Memphis, FAU are going to finish at the top of the league. I think one of them is going to win the conference tournament. I could be wrong. But let's just assume that's how it plays out because that's what most of these predictions are, are saying, like these different bracketologies, you know, ESPN, CBS, Fox, all that. It's like they've got, they've got Memphis and they've got FAU in there. So how can another team from the American get in that doesn't win the conference tournament or the conference championship? Well, you have to look at the out-of-conference schedules. And in my opinion, the only three teams that have a chance at getting in the tournament based on their out-of-conference schedules, meaning they don't win the conference in season and they don't win the conference tournament. I think Wichita State, SMU, and UNT have strong enough, and obviously I'm not including Memphis and FAU, right? Like I'm, I'm just assuming they're already in. You know, Wichita has Mizzou, Kansas State, and Kansas in out-of-conference play. SMU's got A&M, West Virginia. Then they've possibly Virginia or Wisconsin um, in that early season tournament they're in. They've got Arizona State, Florida State. And then UNT, I mean, in that Charleston Classic, they've got St. John's, which with Patino, they could, that could end up being, if UNT were to win that game, that could end up proving to be a quality victory. Um you know, and then possibly LSU, Dayton, Houston. I mean, there's some potential matchups they could get in that tournament. They've got Boise State. I saw Boise State on somebody's predictions as a dark horse Final Four team this year. And then, of course, uh, Mississippi State. Um, 
to round out their out-of-conference play. You know, as I looked at the rest of the non-conference schedules, I think any of the other teams like the UABs, the Tulanes, um, even the ECU, man. Like, I don't know. Like, it sounds like ECU might be pretty salty this year on, on, on the hardwood. But I think any of those teams, man, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to be good in conference. Like they're either gonna have to win the conference tournament or win the conference in season in order to sneak in, uh, in order to get in, I should say, because I don't know that I don't know that any of those teams can get in just based on playing well in conference play, but not winning the conference and not not winning the conference tournament based on their uh, preseason schedule or I should say pre-conference non-conference schedule alone now Tulane I got my eyes on man um, I have an NBA scout a friend who I had sent all the players that were um, attending AAC media days and listen he, he, you know he's just a scout he has his own opinion he, he's he's but he's pretty pretty good at what he does and uh, he had Jalen Forbes uh, was the first guy he sent back is like yeah him you know, I was like, who's on your, who's on your board right now? And, um, Jalen Forbes. And there really weren't any others. There was one other one. I think it was maybe the kid from SMU. Um, so anyways, and then if you look at, uh, Ron Hunter, man, he, he's kind of in that window right now. Let me see. I want to make sure he's kind of in that window right now when he was at Georgia state, when they, when they made their run to the tournament and they had, I think the upset over Baylor uh yeah it was yeah year five or six he's entering year five with the uh, with Tulane um so we'll see but I'm excited about basketball getting ready to tip off let me know your thoughts is this a two-bid league or can another team sneak in and if so what do they need to do and then on the CFP stuff let's just continue that conversation as well um And uh, yeah, that'll do it for today's episode of the College Underdogs podcast. Uh, Thanks for tuning in and I'll see y'all tomorrow. Trey Smith, College Game Time.